There was some caveats to the to the invite. There was no tequila. No tequila, no Peroni. Uh, behave yourself. Behave Sign it. this. Yeah, there's um, a way you go. <laughs> Three minute podcast. <laughs> My lifestyle is basically work and golf. You're saying and, you don't go to the gym? Oh no, I go to the gym. Don't forget there's a couple of cameras on us, yeah. And then COVID came. Yeah. And then that was just a really scary time for everyone. What did you do in terms of real estate there? Did you did you downsize or did you stay where you were? Move to the pond. <laughs> So I wanted to introduce uh, Paul McGee, who's a very, very good friend of mine, and the obvious first choice for this podcast as the first guest. Uh, so Paul, tell us uh, a little bit about yourself, um, and first of all, actually, tell us how you came to be in Dubai. How did you end up making the choice to move to Dubai? Uh, so, first of all, thank you You're for welcome. inviting me. You're I welcome. really appreciate it. Um, there was there was some caveats to the uh, <laughs> to the invite. There was no tequila, and no, no, no tequila, no Peroni, and uh, uh, behave yourself. Be um, your best behavior. Sign this. Yeah, there's um, a waiver. Yeah, uh, there's a language. Uh, so we'll we'll see how we go. <laughs> Three minute podcast. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, I've been. This is my seventh year in. Uh, this is my seventh year in uh, Dubai now. Um, I have worked in hospitality on and off for 21 years. Yeah. Um, I was a DJ in Liverpool. Um, Different haircut back then, wasn't it? Yeah. Had some, didn't you have some I blonde had, tips? Um, had blonde tips back then. No, I didn't. You know, yeah. everyone thought I did. I've but seen, I, had a, what, I had a mullet. I've, I've I had seen, a shaved head. I've seen blonde tips. I've I, seen pictures. I kept GHDs in business <laughs> during the, the early 2000s. Like... Um, yeah, I used to wear those basketball t-shirts and everything else that everyone used to went through. Yeah, yeah I'm glad the Facebook never existed then. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was a, I was a DJ and just more of a bedroom DJ like everyone was when they were sort yep. of teenager. And then I sort of I had a this lad called Dave Pethard yep. and he he had a venue in in Liverpool called Bar Red. And he said, we're doing this all day a DJ thing. He said, send some. And by the way, it was tapes then. Yeah, yeah. So you had to record tape, yourself it was, yeah. on a tape. I remember. And I sent in a 30-minute tape and he said, yeah, come down. And then he gave me a gig from that, a weekly gig. And then within two or three weeks, I was then playing in the aquarium. Two or three weeks after that, I was playing the 051. And then I was... For those who don't know what the 051 is. It, it was one of the... I would say one of the biggest clubs, well, sort of localised clubs anyway. Yeah. Um, and then from that, I then somehow ended up with my own radio show on Radio City, which yep. is obviously in St. John's Beacon in yep. Liverpool. And I was having the time of my life, to be honest. Yep. Um, and then my dad said, go and get a proper job. Yep. Uh, so I decided to become an accountant, as you do. <laughs> Did you really? Did not know that about you? Yeah, I worked in bankruptcy for 10 years. Yeah. Um, and just was really unhappy, to be honest. You know, when you, I used to walk through Liverpool City just, Centre. Just thinking, to be clear, though, going from being a DJ, <laughs> which is like a flamboyant lifestyle, to literally the most boring job on the planet, which is an accountant. It's versatility, though. It's just showing the full spectrum of skills. <laughs> that what it was. <laughs> yeah, it was just, I loved it. I, I did 
obviously this industry that I do, the hospitality industry, is amazing. Yeah. And it, it depends what you want to get out of it. Obviously, so yeah. many people have so many different outlooks. See, hospitality for me is a really broad uh, term, isn't it? So when you say you work in hospitality, what you've told us so far is you went from uh, DJ to radio host. Yeah. Where does that get you into Dubai? Well, after doing what my dad wanted me to do for 10 years, I then became man enough to realise what I want to do my own thing. Yeah. And jump back into hospitality. Yeah. And did events management, general management, mm-hmm. operational management. And that's back in the UK. That's back in Liverpool, yeah. Working for a national company, um, looking after thirteen venues. Yeah. And um how it came about to to sort of wrap it up is that I used to run the freshers first, which obviously everyone can relate to at the the university yeah. for the two weeks that everyone goes to the freshers first and parties and whatever. So I used to drive from Liverpool to Leeds to Nottingham to Manchester over a two-week period, do 14 to 16 freshers fairs in a big white van, and I was just knackered. Yeah. I was just, you know, I was completely worn out, and I used to work in the day in the fair and the evening in the venue, and then I just had enough, and I was living on just the... Just li- clarify that for me. You said you worked the day in the fair. I can just see you working on a fairground there. Well, we did have a big wheel that we used to spin <laughs> and used to win a T-shirt. I used you on the waltz and spin yeah, people around. It's <laughs> <laughs> the time of life. Yeah, best day ever. Um, and it, it, I just reached the point, I think I'd reached the point in my career where I was just like, the, again, when I reached that point in my career with, with the accountancy, like I feel like there's more. Yeah. I'd reached a point in the career of which I felt like there was more again. Yeah. So I just applied for a couple of things online like people do. Yeah. And forgot about it. And then a month later, um, I was walking through Sefton Park in Liverpool and uh, got a random email saying, do you want to do a Skype interview with Zero Gravity? Yeah. Um, Wasn't open at the time, Zero, was it? It was open. It just opened its pool. So I think it had been open for about two years. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, sure, okay. Did the Skype interview. Two days later... Do you want to do a HR interview with Jamira? Yeah. And then literally two or three days after that, they offered me the job. It's funny because um, quite a lot of people come to Dubai because they've seen an ad online for a job. And we were just talking about it then. What did you think of that? Because you've come into Jamira, right? So the recruitment process for one of the largest brands in the Middle East is obviously different than a lot of other people experience. Yeah. Um, do you think that, and we'll go back into your story in a minute, but do you, th- do you think the experience you had being onboarded with the likes of Jumeira has helped you where you are now on board your current staff? Because you hear so many different stories. We, again, off camera, we were talking about it. We can, we can go into that now that so many people, they'll have a leaving party, they'll move up sticks and go into Dubai and 90 days later, it just hasn't worked out for them for what, whatever reason that could be. Do you think having a good onboarding from such a great company like Jumeirah has helped you further down your line in how you treat your onboarding? Yeah, because I didn't do the leaving party. Yeah. My leaving party was an Instagram post on the day that I left. Yes, I've gone. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to Dubai. Yeah. Um, see you later. Yeah. Um, but... 
the difference between me is was I was I was really scared because it was a massive risk for me. Yep. As it is a mas- massive risk for anyone. However, I didn't have a build up to it. I kept it to myself. Yeah, it's just quick. And then obviously because of the onboarding process with Jameer and how corporate it is, I went I knew I was entering into quite a big family. Yeah, so it's it's a lot more safe. So the recruitment process you find with larger companies, major corporates, major multinational brands, it's a nice process to go through because it's the expectation versus reality is there. You expect yeah. when you move to Dubai uh, this amazing treatment and then when you walk into a corporate, you get it. It's something we work on so much because we do recruitment from the UK and it's really important. You know, when people land you all... I feel like I instantly become a father figure for people who've just landed because you've got to. You are their family from the day they land. And uh, because that's what people expect, right? Yeah, of course. So many, so many times you hear about people not lasting. They've done 30 days, 60 days, 90 days. You've heard of that, right? Yeah, no, I think Jamira never sold me a dream. Yeah. They give me a job. So I was. So why, why join then? Because what's. Because there's a potential. Okay. The potential to to achieve what I've achieved and to I think that Dubai gives you the potential to achieve as much as you want to, as long as you're willing to work for yeah, it. I don't disagree at all with that. If you expect it to be handed to you on a plate as you come off terminal uh, terminal two or whatever it is off the plane, um like you're supposed to be given this care package. Yeah. Here's how to succeed in Dubai. Yeah, good luck. Doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. And that you know, we see it in our industry. So obviously, with so much exposure on the TV, you've got selling sunset, million dollar listing, buying Beverly Hills, some of the best shows on TV to watch. But when people join real estate, they expect it to be like that. So they've seen what it's like on TV. They turn up. There are a company such as ours. You know, that's a space that we play in the yeah. prime and super prime space. And they're like, right, okay. So uh, I've seen uh, I've seen the TV. Uh, so I expect it to be just like that now. Uh, I want to be videoed uh, at the biggest villa in Dubai. I expect it to be exclusively with me and a buyer to be with me next week. And that's genuinely, even though they don't say it like that, that's what people think because they've seen it on TV. And um, it, it always makes me laugh because it's that's just not what it's like. And you're saying when people land in Terminal 3, Terminal 2, wherever they land, that's the big, uh, big eye-opener. Like, yeah. well, you've got not that much support now from your normal family network um it's on you it's on what you do yeah because where'd you turn we've all been as growing up as teenagers or even in our younger or even later 20s now the way that the obviously the generations are there if something doesn't work out you can always go back to your mums or go back to your nans or your dads or whatever exactly you've got that safety blanket that parachute yeah when you're in dubai and you're in dubai on your own in a country that it obviously is not your culture it's surrounded by people who don't speak i mean real estate is a little bit different because obviously the 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 premium language is, is english but working in jamira that was not the case yeah of course so then you're sat in a cafeteria being the only english person there whilst everybody else is speaking different languages you, you feel like you're on a on a different planet yeah and no one no one trains you for that yeah but that's a life skill rather it's not like a core uh, skill you can be taught that yeah of course you know it's a life skill isn't it and sometimes the best way to learn that life skill is to have a bit of a rough time yeah I mean uh, actually 
I have to be honest. I didn't really ever have a rough time at Zero Gravity. Yeah. When I worked for Zero Gravity and obviously which is managed by Jamira, I always had support, and that job was crazy. I mean, like crazy. Yeah. I had come from Liverpool, running student venues, to being given three million dollars, blank check, go and book whoever you want. <coughs> Sorry, just needed to coffee there. <coughs> so when someone gives you a check, come on, Paul. So someone gives you a, a blank check, who do you book? Who do you book to? With the, one of the, one of the weirdest things about what I've done throughout my career is I've actually been, I've been, the person that I'm targeting. Right. Okay. So when I was working in student venues and working in then working in like cocktail bars and stuff in Liverpool, I was that person. I grew up through that. Yeah. yeah. Then I came over to zero to, to Dubai, working in a beach club, and I was the target audience. Yeah. It's not very difficult to target yourself. Yeah. 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 How do I get more of me to come to the venue? Yeah, all I did was obviously assess the venue, looked at like what type of music was being played, what times it was being played, and building the journey. Yeah. Building the journey for the people who were coming. What 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 was difficult about that then? Because I imagine there must have been some um, you know, you've moved over to a new country, different culture. Yeah. Your target audience is you in theory. You know, it's the um, age bracket, the lifestyle choices, the, you know, who you are yeah. comes to that venue. But you're used to doing that in a quite niche environment in the northwest of England or the north of England where it's a very um, typical demographic that you can target, that you're used to being around. How do you target um, same age group, same life choices as you, but different culture? Uh, different upbringing, you know, different backgrounds in terms of uh, how wealthy they are. You know, that that must have been different for you. Yeah, but no matter what people's wealth are, the person stood in a costume in the pool is as wealthy as the next person stood in the costume in the pool. Yeah. So if they both have a beer in their hand or whatever, just because one, the value of one person might be Million. How do you target them? Do you, yeah, but did you find it different? Because well, no, do because they have different preferences maybe is what I'm, what I'm getting at. No, because obviously when I when we skip forward shortly, I'll talk to you about Dre's and White and, and the stuff I did there. And that was completely, that was alien to me. You know, that was a lot of urban artists and like I didn't know anything about that at yeah. all. But... The way I, I mean, we're going, I know it seems crazy to talk about this, but seven years ago, the internet was not like what it is now. Yeah. So if I wanted to to be ahead and book the artist before they became big artists, I'd go on to like Shazam and look at what the top 50 songs in each individual country is yeah. that is being Shazammed at the moment. And then you can find it relatable. Yeah, I get that. Because when... At that point, I think we were one of the first, is that we were collecting data from the guests through the Wi-Fi, which yeah. is obviously then telling their nationalities and whatever. So I had that live to me, which was which was more a valuable asset than anything else that I could get. Yeah. But when you touched on, it was very niche. So was your gravity. Yeah. Don't forget, you know, back 
back in those days, you only had Barasti, Zero Gravity, Blue Marlin. That's it. Yeah. That was your competition. It's not like now, where you you, like, and then you had Nikki Beach. Yeah. So you then you literally had four beach clubs six years ago, and now you must have. 60, 80 yeah, beach clubs. Yeah, yeah. Well, you just look up West Beach and there's a load up there. Isn't so, it? so what we were offering was was we were in a an event space venue with a pool. Yeah. So, when people used to say to me, "What you do?" I say to them, "I used to say to them at that time." What, just I, what did they think you did? <laughs> sat on the sat on the beach all day. You just sat on the beach all day. Sat, I don't do any work. Yeah. Someone sent me an abusive tweet or something saying all I did was clean the pool. Clean the pool. Um, you've got a glass of sangria, but nice nice bit of sangria yeah. on the beach doing nothing all I day. I just didn't do anything. No, I wasn't like booking the biggest artists in the world no, and no. you know arranging the biggest events this side of the world. Yeah. You know, with like when I eventually got to book Fatboy Slim. I put 7,000 people through the door. Yeah. I mean, who can turn around? There's only a handful of people who can turn around saying, I book Fatboy Slim, I put the event on, and I put 7,000 people through the door. Yeah. It was one of the biggest events. All from the beach with a sangria in your hand. Yeah, of course, yeah. <laughs> whilst cleaning the pool. <laughs> but just to go back, you asked me before about um, how do I know who I'm targeting? Yeah. And I think to to relate that to real estate would be good because your target is so so much vast than mine. Yeah. At the end of the day, we were providing dance music. Yeah. You know, in a in a beach club, that's not. It, you you're starting to narrow down and narrow down. Yep. Like so who you were actually targeting. It's an easy target. Because it's an easier target plus the fact that the the market's not saturated. Yeah. You're one of a few. Yeah. We're one of, right now, in real estate, there's 15,000 real estate agents in Dubai. 15,000? Yeah. That's is, as many restaurants as what there is in Dubai. Is it? Is that how yeah. many there is? Yeah. Yeah. 15,000 real estate agents. So, you know, you have to be doing something different to be successful. We're in a really fortunate position because we have an amazing brand. And what we do is... You know, I, I genuinely believe, and so does the whole team. We do it different than everybody else, yeah. which is partly, you know, why we're so successful. What do you do different now? Then, and we'll go back. I want to go back to the story, but I'm curious because it's come up. What What can you do different to stand out? Because, I mean, we haven't gone through this yet. You have two of the most successful restaurants in their space in the whole of Dubai. Yeah. Uh, people talk to me about them all the time. Oh, if I mention you, they'll say I've been to this one or I've been to that one. So we know the super successful. You're super successful with them, and you're the driving force behind them. Why would somebody choose your venues in one of fifteen thousand options? What do you? What can you do there to make them stand out? Um, obviously, the the biggest and most important th thing for me is consistency. I always tell the story to anyone who joins, and we just had a new bartender who joined today, saying that if you go to Seattle and order a cafe latte from Starbucks, yep. and you go to uh, Perth, and you go to Singapore, and you go to Dubai, it's consistent. Yep. So if they can if they can consistently make the same drink across the world, then we should be able to make the same thing, whether it comes out the kitchen or the bar, in one 
in one venue. <clears throat> it's interesting because um, you know this already, but my wife, Jamie, is your biggest fan because specifically you serve something that she likes consistent the same every time she orders it and it's the your roast dinner is amazing the red cabbage on your roast dinner is is the best according to her and according to me but according to her (laughs) so when we're weighing up places to have a roast dinner because she knows it's consistently going to be everything she wants then that's where she'll go that's that's the, the obvious choice but how do you because that that's only deliverable when people come through the door so how do you stand out and get people through the door because i think for me real estate that's all i've ever known and it's an easy one for me to answer because i, I could talk about it for days but i re- genuinely don't know what your process is to fill up a bar or fill up a restaurant brand new you've just launched a brand new concept how old's black sheep now um, it opens June at the end of June. I just got nominated for two time out awards. Yeah, let's yesterday. get that in. Let's get that in as fast <laughs> as possible. Uh, there'll be a link below. <laughs> Click as many times as possible. Um, uh, no, you don't need to vote. It'll be up to the uh, up to the time out uh, editors to, just, to do that. But just just send an email. Um, but the, but yeah, I, the the point is, you launched in June and already you've been nominated for an award. Two awards. Two awards. <laughs> link, link below. <laughs> um, you had to get people through that door. So what's the process? to? For me, or let me explain where I'm going. I say to all of my team, the best thing you can be is the source of knowledge. Yeah. Right? So for a real estate agent, if you're the source of knowledge, you then become the obvious choice. Yeah. So the person with the biggest brain is the one I want to use to sell or rent my property because this guy knows the most about this specific space right so we make sure we've got the most amount of knowledge and we let our clients know we've got the most amount of knowledge it's a great recipe works really well what are you doing in that space to make people get through the door for me i i've always run my business on organic growth because one of the things about dubai is you don't want to become in my opinion, because there's no longevity in it. The amount of, if we could stack up to see how many restaurants opened and closed within 12 months in Dubai. Like a fad is that? Is that like a yeah, like, like brand new idea type of thing or just well, not they, run they, properly? No, that they, it becomes <coughs> the it thing. Yeah, yeah, okay. And we have so many it things within within Dubai. Yeah. And you, you know, it you, you attract the magpies. Yeah, yeah, okay. And it's like, okay, well, I believe everyone's going to this place now. Let's try it out. But then the next place opens and then those that crowd then goes to the next place. Yeah. That, I, okay, I, so that's very similar to real estate. And I'll tell you why. When when you launch a tower, it's the best tower. This yeah. is the best tower in Dubai. And it sells out and everybody moves in. And then what happens is they build another one and it's the best, the new best. And everybody wants to buy in that one. And all of a sudden, when you're five years deep, that first tower that was built, they have to start renovations and start major upkeeps to keep up with the new one that's just launched. And that's the, you know, that real estate can't fail because it's built, it has to do something. And, you know, rather than have a price drop, they've got to do upkeep and renovations. So that's an interesting, an interesting way to, you know, uh, to talk about that because people do fail within the first year, right? Yeah, of course. What are the reasons for it? 
Agreed. Do you think? Absolutely. <clears throat> In what way? People think that hospitality is easy. You have people with a lot of money who think it's easy to run restaurants. It looks yeah. easy. I've seen it on the on the TV. I've seen it on the movies. It does look easy. easy. I'm not going to um, lie. From the outside looking in, it does. But you, you know, you need to understand what what the you need to have an ethos within your business itself. Yeah. And you need to stick with that. If you don't have any, uh, if you don't have an ethos, then you will fail completely. Yeah. You know, the most important thing to me is my staff. Yeah, it has to be. When I opened Mezzanine in November 2021, obviously with Dubai and the way you have a limited two-year contract, 90% of the people that I employed in November 2021 have just renewed their contracts for another two years. That's really and interesting. in hospitality, that is so rare. What What is the attrition rate in, in hospitality? Because it's, it's 50% in real estate. But we sit at, it's, it's interesting because that's a 10% attrition rate. That's what we sit at, 10%. And I only lose people when they set their own company up or they have to move back to the UK or whatever country they're from for whatever reason they need to move back. Um, in the last uh, 18 months, I haven't lost f- from memory. I Don't quote me on this, but from what I can remember, I haven't lost one person to another company. Um which is really uncommon. And our attrition rate is mostly people saying, Mark, I've made life-changing money. <laughs> I'm going to open my own business. And all you can do is you know, shake the hand and wish them the best of luck. But 10%, yeah. and that's interesting. But, what, what's your attrition rate? That, that, I think, just it's similar to yours, but on that point is that my guys are different from your guys. Yeah. Your guys are making life-changing money. Yeah. The difference between my guys is that they're, they're getting paid every single month. On time. On time. Yeah. They're getting... Because that's the consistency, isn't it? Yeah, and you just, again, in hospitality, unfortunately, you just don't get that. Yeah. You know, the amount of horror stories that you hear that people have not been paid for six months, they don't have visa, you know, they don't have uh, medical insurance, the basic requirements of a human being within working in Dubai. Just to survive in the country. um, They don't have. Yeah. So then when I have a kitchen team currently of 14... And all 14 have been there from the beginning. It's nice, that. Yeah, of course, we've had a few changes. There may be, like, a couple of chefs have come and gone. But my current team, there in Mezzanine at the moment. There's 14 of them. Every single one of them has been there from the beginning. That's that's so good. Must feel good. Yeah, of course. And that also goes back to what you're saying about consistency with the food. The reason why the consistency there with the food is because they know what I want. Yeah. There's There's been blood, sweat, and tears in that kitchen. People have probably walked into Mezzanine when we first opened and thought, who's that crazy person yeah. shouting at, on the pass? And it was me. Yeah. You know, I've I've been there where on Christmas Eve we've served a 1,000 people. A 1,000 people have been, for the last two years, we've served a minimum of a 1,000 people each day on Christmas Eve because of the Christmas market. And I'm there, again, blood, sweat and tears before I have the tequila later on. <laughs> yeah, with the Just best red cabbage sure in Dubai. that everything that goes out is as it would be for 10 people in the restaurant, not a 1,000 people in the restaurant. So I was in, um, it's an interesting point, this. I was in Miami last week, two weeks ago, and I was with one of the um, one of the biggest names in real estate. And one of the things we were talking about was how do you grow if you are as involved of the, in the business as you are? Yeah. So he's the brand. 
and everybody joins for him. I feel like quite a lot of people join my company because they want to work with me. Um, if that's what you're doing, that's a finite business model because on Christmas Eve, you can only be in one place. So what do you do if you want to open more venues? Well, I didn't have more venues at the time. But what do you do? So, well, what because I've done that's, that the, that's the tough part of growth, isn't it? Because you're a bit of a, con not you, but in general business owners or bus people who are at the top of the business, become a bit of a control freak because you want it to be right. How do you control four venues? Well, you don't. But you, you employ the right team to yep. do it. You, you, again, just going back to that word of ethos, that you, you get them to understand what Paul would do in that situation. Yeah. So what is the decision that Paul would make? Yeah, yeah. And if they understand that, then they're running the business. I've just appointed recently a very good manager who's basically, I, I trust running Mezzanine, which has been a, a, a struggle, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but the growth comes through being able to, first of all, and this comes back to what you were saying, which you don't give yourself enough credit for, is you train your guys. Yeah. You don't say to them, okay, day one, nice to meet you, good luck. Yeah. You make sure that they have the tools to do their job, and also you identify, They not at the end of the day, I'm not the best business owner or the best restaurant owner in Dubai. I'm not the best general manager. I'm not the best events manager. You know, I'm not the best uh, host or waiter, and I'm certainly not the best bartender or You'd cook. You'd be the best bartender. I don't. I think you can give yourself that title. I'd be the best bar tester. <laughs> yeah, bar, um, bar drinker. But um, also, and again, it goes back to, I'm able to, I know how to do, get things done. Yep. So the, in the sense of, yeah, I've done marketing. I did marketing for Zero Gravity. I did marketing in the UK. So if then you're dealing with a marketing company, they can't bullshit you. Yeah. They can't turn around to you and say, well, this is this is how long it takes. No, it doesn't. Yeah. And you need to, to build, and this is where it comes down to where people look and say, well, how did you get to where you are? It's experience. Yeah. People have not, I've not gone to university and someone's taught me this is how you run a business or this is how you run a venue or how you be a general manager of a nightclub or be the events manager of a beach club. No one's taught me anything. Yeah. I just taught myself. But I also understood along the journey what my limitations were. Yeah. And I was never, ever afraid to say, I don't know. Yeah, bring somebody in who does know. Yeah, just That's rely on the team around you. A lot of the reason for people... Um, not doing that and failing on the back of it as ego yeah. you know wanting to be right and i think that's a really great life lesson as soon as you realize you're really bad at loads of things and you need to have people who are excellent at it around you you just do the bits that you're excellent at because that's where you are that's why you are where you are because yeah. you're excellent at something that got you there but if i try and Today I had a really interesting conversation with my tech team because we have a custom-built CRM. Yeah. And I am not, uh, uh, I'm, I'm not a coder. <laughs> like I'm not, it's not who I am. I'm, I'm not that guy. And I wanted to do something and I suggested a way to do it. And they felt, um, they felt compelled to tell me how much of an idiot I was. <laughs> and say, Mark, look, just so you know, what you've suggested is a load of rubbish and this is how we're going to do it. And the, the, the reason I'm telling you that is it's great to be in a position where people feel comfortable to shine around you 
because you're comfortable with in your own space with your ego knowing that it's okay it's okay to have amazing people and i find that's a massive a massive reason people don't grow is they don't want others to outshine them yeah i mean that that is that is the biggest thing in life to be honest yeah i mean the way i can only explain it there's a couple of things i want to mention and i'll go into this but when you asked me before what i did or when you asked me what people thought i did um i made memories for people yeah and the the reason why that was is that and where it the the light bulb sort of went off is that i remember when i was at a zero uh, gravity and then i went home for uh, a week in the summer and there was a girl who was sort of waving at me over the street and um she come running over and she said i want you to introduce you to someone and i was like right okay i hadn't seen her for like 18 months or whatever it was the last time she was in dubai and she said this is john he's my uh, fiance and we're due to have a baby and i was like okay thanks for sharing excellent like, news congratulations yep and she said uh you don't know but i messaged you for a bed when i came to dubai and you got me a <coughs> vip bed and it was next to john <laughs> and i met john in zero gravity yeah, and now that. we're engaged to be married and we're due to have a child love that and i it's was like to somebody's story there i was just nice. wow yeah like yeah. that and to me you i was dealing with brunch three thousand people every single saturday you don't realize all the little memories that you're making for people yeah, yeah you know you could be creating what could be someone's best night that they've ever had yeah also the worst night that they've ever had well, for whatever reason that's the bit people don't see but that's you know the work that you put in behind is is obviously but it's about experience it's, it's making sure that everything's tangible and i think that relates to what you guys do because when somebody's purchasing their home that is their home yeah, yeah. there's nothing more personal than yeah. somebody's but home the biggest purchase anyone ever makes um in that space it's normally their family home right it's yeah. nothing normally more expensive you see a lot in dubai where people do crazy things with money but normally it's the biggest life purchase is your family home so what what's been your experience of real estate in dubai's i imagine when when we moved here me and jamie we were in a room share so we were in jbr and it was uh um i think it was mejan five i still remember it now there was six bedrooms we had a one just off the living room and it had its own toilet so it was premium right and uh, we paid five and a half thousand dirham a month for it living with six other people she was not happy at all about that situation but that's what it was um but that was our first experience of real estate in dubai and a lot of people have that very similar experience they moved to dubai and it's like what's what do we do um, am I staying in a villa on the palm? Is that you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so it's so right you it's, said that. Um, it's exactly it's so right you said that. And then it's it's gone from I mean I'm not on that what I was expecting on the TV. I'm in a room sharing JBC is the most common place now. It used to be JBR now it's JBC. Yeah. And then you know as you as you progress in Dubai and you make the truth is it's when you make more money, your real estate experience changes. You're able to move out of the room share maybe into the place on the palm so what was your experience because like, you've done i've never done commercial so i'm only residential you've obviously experienced both you've had to find somewhere to live and you've had to find commercial spaces what's that experience been like 
Because you, you never used me. <laughs> <laughs> no. You never did you? But um, I'll tell you a funny story, actually, and, and you've just triggered something in my mind. So when I first came to Dubai, on the I, I arrived on the 31st of December, so New Year's Eve 2016, yep. and it was really foggy. You know, those December yeah, yeah, foggy yeah. mornings. Yep. So they picked me up from the airport and put me on a minibus, and I couldn't see anything, yep. nothing at all. And then they took me to this building, and I went in, and it was like a one bedroom because I was a manager. Then I had like a, I was luxury luxury to have one bedroom. Now, a few weeks before that, I was sending pictures of um, weirdly enough, Souk Madnat yeah. to, to my friends and family, saying this is where <coughs> I'm living. Yeah, because oh. I assumed, obviously working for Jamira, this is where I yeah. this is, I the, just the, said Jamira, this is where I was living. Yeah, so. Lo and behold, what the next morning when I woke up and the fog had cleared, and I went outside and people were walking around with no shoes on, yep. and I was like, "This but is interesting. <laughs> where am I? Where am I now? Where is this even Dubai?" Yep. Um, and obviously, I was in I was in staff accommodation. Yep. So I was in staff accommodation for about three months, and the only reason why I came out of staff accommodation was because I got Frank. So oh yeah. So for those who don't know, can we get a picture of Frank come up? I'm sure we can. Frank is there. Yeah. So <laughs> make sure it's the one with the glasses on. So I, I, I always wanted a pug. I got Frank, and dogs weren't allowed in yep. the staff accommodation. So I used to sneak him in in a sports bag, and he was only a little. He was only like three, three months old. So then I moved to JVC, and it was different then. I'm going back, you know, nearly seven years. I literally drove from building to building to see what was available because that's kind of what you did then so you used to like speak to the, uh, like the concierge yeah, yeah, okay. so like mm -hmm. I drove round JVC because I was told JVC was quite affordable um, which it is it, it's the do you know it's the number one area in Dubai still every month without fail based on transactions it's number one really? every single month well I mean obviously when I moved there there was no there was no lights there was no pavements there was no there was no hotels or there was nothing like that there, there yeah. if you wanted to go anywhere you had to go to like motor city or even go to to Barsha heights yeah um so i moved there and i just turned up and they went yeah just give us checks or whatever and and so i was living there for a, a couple of years and then moved on from there moved into the greens um then moved to the mac hills um, and had a townhouse, which was great for the dog. Yeah. Because um, obviously connected to the park and everything. And then COVID came. Yeah. And then that was just a really scary time for everyone. Um, what did you do in terms of real estate there? Did you did you downsize or did you stay where you were? I moved to the palm. <laughs> <laughs> Said no one ever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I moved to the palm because... Obviously, one of the businesses that I had interest at the time was was on the palm. Yeah. Um, and it was just I've always it was a dream and got a ridiculous rent. Yeah. Ridiculous rent. I'm talking like I think I originally got it for a hundred thousand and now they're going for like two hundred and forty thousand. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then now looking to buy somewhere. Um. So when you rented that, did you use a brokerage? How did you come across the palm? You know. I think it was like just a bizzle or uh, just a search engine. Was it? I think yeah. it was just literally that. It was, um, you know, I, I didn't didn't really 
when I rented at the Mac Hills, that was directly through the Mac. Yeah. So it wasn't like I'd built a relation. And then don't forget when I'd rented in JVC, that was with the concierge. So, so I actually not. didn't have any relationship with anyone. So when you've gone from them different real estate transactions to now looking to buy again not through me <laughs> <laughs> but i don't I, broker. Have, I have asked your boys and they're trying to help me out yeah, like so. i don't broker so it's okay <laughs> but not through me um what's it like now you mean the market no what's it like as an experience so you know let me rephrase that what are you like now during that transaction because when i chose the room in jbr it was whatever was available mm. i'll take it yeah yeah and then your preferences change as your wealth increases and obviously you've been extremely successful over the past couple of years so do you find yourself being uh different than the way you was six or seven years ago when you're looking at real estate is the things that other than space for the dog um is and the, it and the cat now and the cat yeah um is it how does your search criteria differ than what it did previously not just based on price but so, so the two key elements of, for me are location in respect to the businesses yeah because it's important to me that if at any given time that i'm not in the business that i can get to the business does it matter about commute yeah of course does it yeah yeah 100 you're the best thing i ever did and honestly, I'm a terrible driver anyway. My wife will, Jamie will say, Mark's the worst. I am, I'm a terrible, I don't care. I don't, I don't like flashy cars or like, it's just not who I am. I don't really care about stuff like that. But the best thing I've ever done was get a driver because I'm in the lakes up to Business Bay and I get uh, 25 minutes every day and 25 minutes home. I get 50 minutes a day over everybody else in the market yeah, yeah. who doesn't have a driver. So every single day i feel like i'm an hour up yeah yeah for on, sure on everyone and i've sent emails i've recorded videos i do videos in the car every morning watch them every day thanks mate. i appreciate the support no problem <laughs> um and i feel like i'm beating everybody because i'm an hour up because everybody drives it's normal to drive it's not normal to have a drive it's not fancy or flashy or anything like that it's i get an extra hour to work over every oh, my competition got an hour on you what that means to me is i get 20 hours about a month which is nice you know i get about 20 hours a month what's we get like i basically get a free day every month and i don't have to drive down shigside road yeah, yeah and it's one of the most sensible decisions i ever made was giving myself more time to work and less stress right well yeah it gives you peace of mind i mean that Obviously, especially the way that Dubai is at the moment with the amount of traffic that there is. It's full. If, like, it took me an hour and 45 minutes to get from the Palm to Coca-Cola Arena last week. Yeah. Um, what did you go and see? Um, Trevor Noah. Oh, nice. It's very funny, actually. Was it, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, going back, I want you to tell me about real estate. I want to know, and where, where I'm going with this is, have you become a Dubai princess in any way? Because we all do, right? We all turn into something at some point where we're like... If the boys back home would see my initial request on buying this property, they would give me a lot of grief over it. No, I'm, I'm not. <clears throat> I, I don't think I'm that high maintenance, to be honest. I like an easy life. Yeah. I'm like, 
I do, I do drive a nice car, but I've also crashed into about three or four different walls yep. over the time because I'm to me it's it doesn't it doesn't I'm not driving it because it's a nice car. I'm just driving it because it's comfortable. Do you yep. understand what I mean? But like, it could you drive that car back home? No, because it'd probably any. get robbed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, no, it, it would definitely get stolen <laughs> uh, within probably a day. Um, but no, I mean, if if I was to drive that car in Liverpool, then I'd, people would be like, "Who is this? Why are you driving that car?" Yeah. Whereas now, <clears throat> it doesn't. You blend it in. doesn't matter. Great car, but you blend in, don't you? Because yeah, it of doesn't really you're... matter. And again, cars aren't really that important to me. It. Can I get my golf clubs in the back? Yeah. You know, can I get the dog in the back if if I need to take him somewhere? And am I going to be comfortable for my journey? Yeah. That's the most important thing for me. Um, so, but when it comes to property, the most two important things for me was location to the business, yep. which is obviously commute. But even when you mention about commute, it's all well and good for you to, you're going to a place of work yep. at a sort of set time for however many days you're going yeah whereas with me i might get a phone call at one o'clock in the morning yeah and i need to be there so i'm not gonna then want to drive 50 minutes to make sense yeah. to that venue to then deal with whatever that might issue might be there's been so many times when sometimes i just have to be there at three four in the morning because i need to deal with something yeah so it's important to me so moving to like somewhere like greens or staying on the palm is central to where the businesses are. So that's important to me. But if you're gonna buy now, what are you looking at? But that's a, that's a challenging question because you, the weird thing is, if you look at like Marina Residences now, yep. and then you look at Greens, and you look at even Damak Hills, you've got three different sorts of properties completely, but they're pretty much the same value. Yeah, value or price? Because they're price. To yeah, totally different things. Because value is, you know, it's subjective, right? It's what do you see as valuable and what I see as valuable are totally different things. Um, so do you think your buying process now is different than what it would have been six years ago? Oh, yeah, 100%. Good. Why? Because I've grown as a person. Yeah. And because, you know, I think that... I've always lived in nice places, actually, when I think about it. When I lived in Liverpool, I lived on the docks. Yeah. You know, uh, when I was saying before about the nice car and stuff, yeah, I've had nice things, but I've worked hard for it. Yeah. Um, do I require a built-in gym or cinema or a pool or whatever else? No. Yeah. Because actually, that doesn't fit my lifestyle. My lifestyle is basically work and golf. You're saying you don't go to the gym? Oh, no, I go to the gym. Don't forget, there's a couple of cameras on us here. <laughs> they say uh, a camera. I do go, you, I, I, I'm happy to provide the evidence. It's <laughs> the camera lets ten only, pounds and just three on you. <laughs> <laughs> I only go. The, well, the more the way I look at it is that the more I go to the gym, the more prony I can drink. So that's right. Yeah, that's you're just it's, you're just buying. It's just ale mass, really. Yeah, I love it. It's like so just put it in the bank. Yeah, I love um, it. But no, I think. I understand from your side and I can imagine how demanding people can be, but that also comes with value yeah. or price as such or what they value at it. I, I just think as as you get older, you, you start to want different things. And it, it always makes me, um, I always find it really interesting speaking to people similar age to me, you know, who 10 years ago 
the buying process was just been totally different and you realize you it's a key indicator you are getting older <laughs> oh no without a doubt i mean I, I went to see two properties today i looked i just basically looked around and went yeah this should be a nice house and yeah. walked out yeah i don't need to i know the area obviously again because i've been in dubai for seven years you know you know it's always important when you're buying somewhere especially if you're new to dubai like what the road network is like yep. you know how you know when the busy periods are what the amenities are like yep. is there somewhere i can go to the supermarket is there somewhere i can maybe go for a drink or to a hotel or whatever and what dubai has done amazingly over the last sort of three to four years is built more affordable hotels because yeah. we were always that five-star hotel place yeah. and then obviously his royal highness wanted more affordable hotels to to encourage more affordability within dubai itself and that's why you have the likes of um the greens hotel which is one of the most profitable uh Jumeira hotels that they have because it's within the community yeah and that community which must be you would know better than me but it must be a, at least over a hundred thousand people living in the greens that they they then are able to go to that hotel to accommodate them if they want to go to la la or if they want to go to wherever they want to go yeah. to for something to eat with the family or something to do so that's important that's why jvc again they built the five that didn't exist yeah so and now you have i think for people in general they're spoiled we we lived when i lived in jvc that was supposed to be the end of dubai there was yeah. nothing really past that yeah and when you used to say to people i live in jvc it's miles away yeah it's miles away where you, people, there. you know what i got here in 2009 and people used to say ranches is miles away so like, why do you even cover arabian ranches it's miles away and it's not it's like seven or eight minutes from mall of emirates like it's really yeah, close yeah. now you've got um like the mac hills two yeah town square yeah. serena and uh, mira the people say they're far away they're not like you look at dubai south that's probably going to be the next big area i think when soon as you put a golf course on we'll go and take a look around because <laughs> there's one coming um but that's miles away but then all of a sudden that's at the base almost of palm jebel ali and it becomes not miles away it becomes like right in the middle of everything and dubai's got so much space to go into so i feel like you know people used to say um this development i don't know if that's going to get finished that was a common thing yeah. i remember being here someone saying to me do you want a park that's never going to get finished and i was like oh no that sounds terrible it's, it's finished of course it finished you know it's just people say the craziest things and don't really see the bigger picture that's in play for dubai which is it's going to keep growing oh yeah for sure because but if you go down look at the roads it's rammed yeah but it, when you came though it was just after the crash in 2008 yeah, right after it and if you remember going to marina and jbr in those days there was a lot of derelict buildings yeah loads so that well there was no jbr the walk didn't exist yeah it used to be a beach me and the missus we used to go and would be on the beach and it was just jbr and then sand and it was brilliant now obviously it's, it's amazing what they've done down there but they'll keep growing so so from your side then do you when you're dealing with clients obviously you're dealing with with clients who just based in dubai or externally as well and Most what's the difference yeah. between them <clears throat> loads of external you know what we've seen is everybody um comes to dubai first thing they do is they rent it's very rare people buy once when you move to dubai 
yeah you come in and you say i'll rent somewhere see how it goes and because of the way rental prices have gone typically people come in they do an apartment they get settled then they do a small villa then they buy and they typically buy in the small villa community or the top end of the previous apartment community yeah yeah. and then that would be the you know the the block for them they'd sell that and move back to the the home country it's just not the case anymore it's not the case because people are building forever homes here and what we're seeing is so many renters choosing to buy early on because access to finance is some of the best in the world here Mm. you know rates are they're not um as high as the states they're not as high as the u.s uh, the uk i was talking to somebody today they've got seven percent mortgage in the uk so you'll be in charge seven percent on your uh, mortgage to have to live in the uk it sounds horrendous to be honest whereas here you can get rates as low as like 5.35 which is still high compared to what it has been but it's really favorable really really favorable but the process actually for buying is a lot easier than what you would think yeah but again nobody gives you that handbook on what to do well that's why you use that's why i was acting about agents because 15,000 agents in the market uh, i was joking on instagram this morning i said you can turn around and dubai mall and throw a dart in any direction and you'll hit a real estate agent they're everywhere and that's good that means that there's loads of real estate going on and that's a, that's a great indicator that the market's in a good position um but you know if you take a look at um the way it was 10 years ago to the way it is now the profile of people is totally different they're looking at a 10 to 15 maybe 25 year plan here it used to be five years go to dubai in a load of cash five years later i'm out now where do you where do you go from here me personally but in general right but where, the, I, what's but the, next but the, the beauty about what they've done and this is again why his royal highness is such a visionary is that they created the golden visa yeah, yeah. you know that that give people the security that even when we came originally and we weren't like well me specifically i was an employee yeah but me too but, but i started off as a rental agent in dubai but where in the world where in the world and and someone tell me where in the world i can be an events manager and then within five years own my own business yeah where well not just own your own business it's if you take a look at the opportunity around owning a business here the 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 opportunity to earn life-changing money i've never seen it before because i don't think it exists but you know if you look at the key factors on why you'd want to be in a location for me it's safety like that's big for me um it's education for the little one it's uh, healthcare, uh, it's climate, and it's ability to earn life-changing cash. If you look, you look at all of them five aspects. Where else has got it? Because I don't know. And if you if you were to write a list of every single possible place an expat moves to, you cross safety off them all, because nowhere is as safe as Dubai. And that's when you know you take a. We're we're not going anywhere. We're not going anywhere from Dubai. And I speak to so many people who 10 years ago would have been in a position where they go, I'm just gonna earn some cash and then I'm off to Hong Kong or I'm off to Singapore or I'm off back home. It, it, that's, since COVID changed quite a few things, people are now saying, nah, Dubai dealt with COVID the best. Nobody yeah, yeah. dealt with it as, as good as this. It's safe, there's no crime. There's no crime because 
the country has operated sleek it's professional it's the best you'll ever see a country operated because everyone's happy everyone's happy in an up or a down market here i've been here in one of the worst markets that ever existed but everyone was happy yeah. because uh, i think it's more of a culture thing here i think the, the not just the culture of the country the culture of people who choose to move to dubai it's like a friendly group of people and always has been but where would you go next and it's more of a rhetorical question because I don't think you've got an answer because I can't think of a place. I, I don't know. I think obviously as I grow the business, then that will define where I am go next. Yeah. You know, but I would like to build the brands within Dubai. Um, I want to, what, what are we like for time? We're on an hour. Okay. One, well, it's fucking, it's quite nice though, isn't it? really good content um i've got one final question for you because we you know you're not leaving dubai because why would you where's retirement and what does that look like is it let me put some words in your mouth when you speak to people back home and they say you're just on a beach all day with a sangria <laughs> have they manifested that for you into retirement <laughs> Is that where you're going to be, or because I, I I will find it hard to switch off, yeah, yeah. because I don't uh, until I'm me and me and the missus have um, every single day we'll make a pot of tea because I've got a bar in the house where I don't even drink. Uh, we just have a tea bar, and at a specific point in the day, it's phones off and we switch off every night, and I'm, I'm able to do that. But 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. I can't switch off. And I don't think I'll be able to yet. I've got too much to give, I think. But when the time's right, you know, um, retirement is obviously something that we talk about. What what does it look like for you? I, I don't, I never switch off. And yeah. that's really bad. Yep. And it's actually really bad for the people who are around me as well. That sometimes I'm so engrossed within my work that I'm not actually the best person to be around because something will go off on my phone. Yep. Now, just a point on what you said, I'll tell you a short story. In January 2009, I was in Barbados and Obama was being inaugurated and I played Royal Mesmerland, the uh, Royal Mesmerland golf course. Yeah. And as I was in the buggy going up the fairway, some guy waved at his wife and said, bye, darling. He jumped in a buggy and drove out of his back garden onto, onto the, the golf course. That's, that's, and I don't have retirement. many dreams or aspirations, but to be perfectly honest, other than to try and be successful, is that that is what I want. Yeah. So when I reach that point where I have my own place on the golf course, where I can drive my own buggy onto the golf course, then I know then that I've kind of, I'm actually doing all right for myself. That's, that's what it looks like. And But and do you think you'll be able to, if you sold all your businesses now and didn't need to work, yeah could you switch off no it's tough isn't it i'd have to i will work i will work until they put me into the until cars. you can't yeah and then it's such a weird place to be because there's a lot of people like that in dubai it really does push you and there's a lot of drive in the country like that when we go to disney we say like you i don't know if you're a disney person i am i'm a big kid right but when you go to disney you can feel it it's magic and you can feel it around you like there's something different when you're in dubai you can feel it like there's there's drive like if you don't do this somebody else will and 
if they don't somebody else will and there's, there's so there's that like uh i don't know the right way to phrase it but there's always a fire underneath you because it needs to be because you're not the only person in your space who's amazing and you've yeah. got to step up but that's that's tough to go from that to um nothing nothing and uh, the, you know they say that's the biggest uh, i don't know the stats on this i so don't quote me on it but i'm sure men who retire have something like a 70 percent chance of death Oh. within the first five years Fantastic, or something yeah yeah so i mean the way to avoid it is not to retire <laughs> that's the plan just work forever i think obviously you you need to slow down but you don't you don't need to be going to the you don't need to be working at three o'clock in the morning four o'clock in the morning yeah. hopefully you put yourself in a position where you don't have to do that but you ca- I, I don't ever see myself thinking i'm not doing anything so like a consultant i like the idea of being a 60 year old consultant you know bring me in let me do a bit. Let me feel valuable. Let me give you a load of valuable uh, information and help. But also, probably going to leave at two o'clock. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah, you know, I'll give you what I'll give you what uh, what, what I've learned. What I've learned. And, and at the end of the day, if the market's moved on, it's moved on, and you know, you go away peacefully. But I think that uh, Dubai has so many success stories and so much drive that I don't ever think that the people who are successful, someone like yourself. Um, is that the reason why you got there is because you've got the drive. Yeah, you're yeah. not the one who's going to the beach. Yeah, yeah. Whereas everybody else thinks that that's what you are doing, but yeah. you're actually not. And that's the reason why where you are today. Yeah, yeah, no, I 100% agree. What people, the expectation versus reality is just, it's it's wild. What people think you do and what you actually do. A day, I'd love to do a day in the life with me because it would be wild. I'd love to do, I'd love to do a day in the life with you because I know a lot of your stories and we've, we've not gone through them today uh, on purpose because <laughs> <laughs> we can't um, but I'd love people to see what it takes to get to where you are because you're not spoon fed yeah, yeah. you know um, okay that is always coming to an end thank, thank you, you so much yeah thanks for coming on if you want to see Paul at 3 o'clock in the morning he will be at Mezzanine or black the Black Sheep where's the Black Sheep give a, a uh, shameless plug the Black Sheep British Gastro Pub is in the Pullman Hotel in Cluster T. In JLT? In, in JLT, yeah. And what would be the number one order if you were my missus? Well, the roast, obviously. The roast um, with the red cabbage. The fish and chips is a massive, massive seller and, a, and it's also massive. massive. It's about the size of my head. It's uh, massive. Yeah, it's even bigger than that. You've got a big head. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, we it's, it's a proper traditional British pub it's a home away from home yeah you know you go in there and you feel like you're not in dubai it's a proper old man's boozer type of vibe but that, that's with great exactly food. what it is yeah. which has just been nominated for two two awards, awards would you with, believe with it I, I don't know if i mentioned that no but there'll be a link somewhere i'm sure <laughs> um and what about mezzanine mezzanine is uh, mezzanine bar and kitchen which is a british uh gastro pub it's it's more your foodies place yeah um in this, in respect of what uh, the, the obviously the black sheep is more drink driven, um, and it's one of those places where and people say to me all the time if their family's coming, if their mum and dad's coming, they have to take them to Mezzanine. First place they go because you're you're by the side of the water. You've got the views of the Bejel Arab. You're in the Souk Madnath, which is an iconic location within Dubai. It's just one of those places that you have to go to. Yeah, it is. Um, now that it's the almost like a, a bucket list yeah, Dubai. Yeah. Uh, restaurant now i don't know if you've come across that phrase for it before but 
everyone I speak to say is they'll take the family to Mez. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's just course. a thing that Jamie's nan was here last week and they went to Mez for, yeah. uh, for a roast. It's just what people do. It's like going to JBR or going up to Beige or going to have a roast in Mez, which is, that's the best marketing you can ever have. That's the best word of mouth marketing. But Yeah, of course, of course. Uh, so thank you so much for being on. Thank you. Uh, it's been a pleasure and uh, I'll see you again soon. Thank you, mate.